cozy place. Someone was looking for the files. They must know Clovis has them. Well, maybe they found what they were looking for and that's why he's missing. <laughs> we can only hope. Anakin, you're not helping things. You don't seem to understand how important these files are. They'll expose a corruption that goes to the very core of the banking clan. Clovis! Padme. I knew you'd come. You again? Yes, me again. All right, lover boy, where's the disc? I'm not about to hand over the information to some pilot. I'm a Jedi Knight who can save your life if you hand over the files. So, what's it gonna be? You gonna give us the disc? What? So you can leave me stranded like last time? Well, that depends on how well behaved you are. Can you both stop bickering so we can get out of here? It's time for Send in the Clones! Join your hosts, Buto and Robbie, on an epic journey through a galaxy far, far away as they follow the escapades of Anakin Skywalker and the Jedi Knights with the clone army of the Republic in their struggle against Count Dooku and the droid army of the evil Separatists. So step in and prepare for adventure because it's time to send in the clones! In this episode, on Scipio, Padme is made aware of corruption in the banking clan via her old friend Rush Clovis. Even though he is a known traitor to the Republic, Padme agrees to steal vital files that prove the corruption. Anakin is dispatched to rescue them and escort the information back to Coruscant. Hey, chips, it's your old buddy Bucho, a Clone Wars rookie on my first ever watch of the Clone Wars, and next to me in the dropship, a Clone Wars veteran on his third ever watch of the Clone Wars. He's the Padme to my tickler. It's a trusty pal, Robbie. Hello, troops. And we are going to talk about the 113th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars chronology, written by Christian Taylor, directed by Brian Kalen O'Connell. It's season six, episode five, An Old Friend. So, Robbie. How about we roll out with you letting us know what you remembered about an old friend before you rewatched it again this week? Yeah. Full disclosure, I didn't remember much. In fact, I didn't remember anything about this. Did you remember who the old friend was? Yeah, I remember that. I just, I guess it's just because, um, <laughs> this is, it's like, oh, I'm giving away uh, what I think about the, the episode. But, <laughs> I mean, I'm just bored to tears with this. I mean, I get why they're doing it, and I get what they're trying to get at. But at the same time, I'm, ugh, yeah, it's just, it just doesn't appeal to me. Well, what doesn't appeal to you, Robbie, <laughs> opens with Senator Padme Amidala. And that's Luke and Leia's mom. Robbie, did you know that? Yes, I did. She is Luke and Leia's mom. But she's also her own woman. And she and her handmaiden, Tickler, who we first met, I think, in season three's Pursuit of Peace episode. And they are heading to Switzerland, I mean, Scipio, to try <laughs> to take out a loan to fund Padme's humanitarian aid efforts. But we soon learn that there will be two flies in Padme's ointment. Robbie, one is your favorite Embo the Bounty Hunter. And when I say favorite, top five Bounty Hunters, Embo? I mean, he's up there. I mean, I like him. I don't know about top five. He's pretty good. I thought you loved him. I do like him, and I think his voice is cool. And I think Who's above Embo, Robbie? Obviously, Cad Bane. Obviously, the Mandalorian, because we're going to count the Mandalorian. Obviously, Boba Fett. Who are the other two that would be above Embo? Ara Singh. And I guess it depends on if you count Asajj Ventress now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I get you now. Or Dengar. Or... Oh, come on. Embo's better than Dengar. <laughs> Anyway, we see Embo paying a worrying amount of attention to Padme's arrival. And the other fly in the ointment is Padme's old buddy, old pal, Rush Clovis, who is now the banking clan's chief negotiator. You're probably going to fall asleep when we go into this, but Robbie, so just 
Do what you got to do, and I'll I'm, wake you up when dude, you're. Dude, I'm awake. <laughs> I'm up. And Rush is also begging for Padme's help in uncovering what he claims is corruption at the highest levels of the banking clan. But that begging almost immediately comes under fire from Embo, who forces Clovis to bail with one last plea for Padme's help as he disappears off into the Scipio night. So Padme seeks the counsel of Chancellor Palpatine, who tells Padme to play nice with Clovis if she trusts Clovis. And for some reason that I still don't quite comprehend, Padme decides that she does indeed believe Clovis. So before we know it, Padme and Tickler are up in Clovis's mountain lair watching Clovis's heist plan hologram. And the notes I have on this part, Robbie, one, when we did the Assassin episode in season three featuring Aura Singh, I think I called Alderaan out as looking a lot like Switzerland, but Scipio one-ups Alderaan in terms of Swissness by not only being gorgeously snowy and mountainous, it's also very, very banky. What I like to call banky. That's an adjective I just made up. And another note, you know I love me a planning scene, Robbie. A heist planning scene. And you know I love me a hologram, so you know I was all about Clovis's hologram heist planning scene. And part of the reason it's hard to trust him is that he seems so happy to poke his head above the parapet after Embo's first sniper barrage that at that time I suspect that it was actually Clovis himself who had hired Embo to fake an assassination attempt because why else would he decide to stand upright completely exposed on that balcony when he seemingly had no way at all to be sure that Embo had already bailed on his sniper position. For all he knew and for all Padme knew, Embo was still up there looking through his scopes at them. But there's Clovis just standing up on the balcony, not moving in a serpentine <laughs> motion or anything. So at that moment, I was thinking, ah, oh, this Clovis, he has hired Embo to pretend to try and kill him just to try and garner some sympathy from Padme. So you awake there, Robbie? I am. You look like you're awake. I am so how, I, I'm starting to nod off. How did you like this opening, I guess, act of an old friend? Yeah, I mean, okay, so I do have some notes on this too. I guess my thing is... It's sort of the big criticism for, like, the Phantom Menace, you know? is like, people are falling asleep in the crawl, because you're talking about trade disputes and all kinds of... So, I mean, I kind of get that, but, again, I'm in for Clone Wars. A Clone Wars episode that I, I'm not a big fan of is still better than a lot of other things out there. That's the way I look at it. So, I'm still enjoying the ride. I'm still enjoying the scenery. The scenery is beauty, beautiful. The design... Of like some of the banking clan doors and, and things like that is really, really neat looking. But then you get to the scene, like like you were talking about, where it's, uh, I don't know, kind of almost like a Romeo and Juliet slash Aladdin kind of scene where he kind of <laughs> comes up to her balcony. And then suddenly Embo is the terrible shot. Yeah. Like he's terrible. But then later on in the episode, he's incredibly accurate. So it's like, it's just one of those things where it just feels very... I guess inconsequential in a lot of ways. It's like we're literally checking off the story points. And it's interesting when we see uh, Sidious, or well, actually it's actually Palpatine, I guess, at this moment, right? When Padme's asking him what to do and he goes, well, you should do the thing. And she's like, okay, yeah. That's Ian Ab Abercrombie again. So apparently this one was in production before he unfortunately passed away at the end of, toward the end of season five. So, so these lines had already been recorded so it's interesting to hear the differences between, you know, we just saw Tim Curry's Palpatine in the previous episodes, and now we've, we're back to Ian Abercrombie, at least for this arc. I'm not sure how many, but uh, that was interesting. And then, of course, as you have mentioned, the Switzerland thing, Clovis's house reminded me of a Bond villain yeah. thing. And especially when, you know, skipping forward a bit, 
when they're snowboarding down or when Embo's snowboarding down the mountain and all that stuff, it really felt like a Bond movie at that moment, which was kind of fun. I guess it's just that it feels like such a side story that it's it's just not as exciting. It's not as glamorous. I don't know what you even what, what you even say because war is not glamorous, but you know what I'm saying. It just feels, I guess, with the urgency of the story in the last arc that we had, going to well, the banking clan isn't telling the truth. Let's do some episodes on that. And you're just kind of like, okay, but is this just to get Padme in there? Because we haven't seen Padme in like a whole season almost. I don't know. It just doesn't feel like the most dynamic story to tell. But hey, that's just me. And you got to admit, though, Clovis's voice is cool. I really like that guy's voice. He just seems very charismatic and very charming, you know? I don't have to admit that, Robbie, because I find him boring. Really? Yeah. I get nothing from him. I just find him dull. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, then, there you go. See? I wonder who plays him. I mean, I don't want to say bad things about the performance. I assume that he's supposed to be dull. I mean, I thought that was he's intentionally, you know, he's a banker. There's nothing charismatic about bank. I mean, no, I might be insulting some of the troops out there. I shouldn't be saying this, Robbie. I might have to cut this whole thing out. No, don't do it. Uh, but, you know. Well, it's Robin Atkin Downs is the actor that plays him. I assume that Robin Atkin Downs is doing a great performance of a boring character. Well, there you go. Then. That's how I read there it. There you go. They do try to add some thrilling moments in there because espionage Padme heads into the vault while Tekla takes over from Clovis as the power grid saboteur, which turns out to be a mission that Tekla carries out successfully, but at the cost of her own life as Embo all of a sudden is a perfect shot he one shot kills Tickler from afar like a coward <laughs> as Tickler courageously and heroically walks away from the explosion but before giving up her life Tickler had done enough to buy Padme the time that she needed to heist that data that she needed which in, and that's kind of that's the kind of a comedic scene where the lights go off and all of the moons are oh my god it's dark in here I can't see what's happening yeah <laughs> Padme sneaks off. I mean, that was kind of fun. That was a fun moment. Just a comedic, lighthearted moment. Although, you know, hard to be lighthearted after Tekla's just got shot down. But like I said, Padme has the data she needed. And that does indeed confirm that the banking clan are up to some very dodgy, number-fiddling business. But that also leads to Padme being led away to the clink. Which in turn leads to who else but Anakin arriving on the scene to bail Padme out. Opening the door to her cell with a laugh. As if... It's hilarious that his wife has been thrown in the clink for what he says is a couple of days. So that's kind of an odd moment. Like, why are you laughing at the fact that your wife has been thrown in jail? And I guess if there's one way to make sense of that, it's that Anakin knows that Padme has been in a lot more dangerous situations and has been through a lot more hardcore stuff. So just being thrown in a jail is just, you know, a run-of-the-mill thing for Padme. You know, she can handle it. I guess that's what he assumes, but still was kind of odd <laughs> i mean can you imagine you travel across the galaxy because your wife has been thrown in the jail i'm probably not laughing about it or laughing at her that she's gotten herself into that predicament i don't know i don't even know if that's a talking point robbie but <laughs> that was just one of those odd moments and i think it's supposed to make anakin look bad because a lot of this story is about anakin kind of looking bad yeah and i mean the even when he gets out of the, you know, when he's about to leave and he's all like, well, maybe I should just leave you in there. And it's like, that just seems like a mean thing to say. You know, he said, well, just come on before I change my mind. I'm like, really, dude? And I think it's all supposed to be bantery and like, he's obviously not really going to leave her right. in there, but he's being kind of a nerf herder about it, which is not what Padme needs at that moment. It's not what a supportive 
even friend would do, let alone husband. Right, and that, I guess maybe that's why I, I find it a little frustrating because I feel like at this point in the Clone Wars story, I feel like Anakin has shown that he's more mature than this. It just feels very like a step backward to me, at least from you know what we've seen in the last season even. But then maybe it's that idea that when it comes to matters of the heart or matters of Padme, He's still very, very immature. Sure. That side of his personality is still underdeveloped. Maybe, I guess, what they're trying to get to. But I keep wondering, why do we need that? I don't know. I That's just me. You know, I, no, I think it is definitely consistent with his character. Like, I don't know if I feel like he is mature enough by that point. I think that the point they're making is that he is still an immature person when it comes to matters of the heart. But... I guess what what I was getting what I was getting at is that it successfully makes him seem like a nerf herder, and it's disappointing. But it also was consistent, and I guess part of what happens with the Clone Wars, you know, as we've gone along, as we talked about with Fives's arc in the last part of the story, it can be hard to watch because the closer we get to Episode Three, you know, Revenge of the Sith, the more we know we're taking a tragic turn and so it makes these moments harder to watch they don't seem anywhere near as charming as they might have earlier in the show i don't know maybe that's part of it does that make sense yeah yeah i just it just feels like slightly like a step back to me well when annie hears that clovis is involved anakin is shocked and flabbergasted that padme has for some reason decided to place any trust at all in a separatist who sponsored the droid factory that took the lives of so many clone troopers In a battle in which Anakin played a huge part and in which he saw a lot of that loss and a mission which almost took the life of Anakin's Padawan Ahsoka at the time. But Padme somehow, I mean this is another, if there's one character that's made a step back it seems like it's Padme. That's the weird thing about this is that we're definitely supposed to see Anakin as the bad guy but Padme trusting this guy also feels like a backward step for Padme. It doesn't seem like she's being as intelligent as we would hope she is so i don't know anyway somehow she calms anakin down enough to convince anakin to take her to clovis's mountain lair where they happen to find clovis and where they also find themselves becoming targets of embo sniper skills and fortunately for them again he's all of a sudden not a very good shot and that of course leads to that thrilling downhill sled chase that you mentioned earlier which feels like it's straight out of a james bond movie i mean what is it half of james bond movies that have some sort of mountainside chase like this skiing or sledding or something it's definitely very james bondy but it also feels kind of indiana jonesy it has kind of an indiana jones feel to it and that snowy mountainside chase eventually leads to r2 saving the day once again and to sidious hologramming in to congratulate embo on a job well done so sidious is happy that they got away and that is the reveal that of course embo could shoot them all dead if he wanted to he was choosing not to all of a sudden that earlier scene kind of makes sense and this later scene makes sense and it all makes a lot more sense than it did before and that snow chase kind of saves the episode from being a skipper for me because that snowy mountainside chase is a ton of fun Oh, it's fun. Sure. I just, it almost feels like in a lot of ways, the way that the Bond movies are, as you said, it seems like at least every three to five movies, I feel like there has to be a skiing and or snowboarding slash bobsled, whatever you want to call it, has to have one of those scenes. My favorite one of which, by the way, is Honor Majesty's Secret Service. I love that whole movie. <laughs> Noted. It's George Lazenby, you know. It's not one of the, the big Bond actors, but anyway. But does Bond ever use the Force or a lightsaber in any of those downhill snow chases? Because this downhill mountainside snowy chase 
has force use and lightsabers, right? Oh, I like so. it. I like it. I just, it almost feels like, well, we haven't done this before. Let's try this. You know, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like a, I guess it's because it feels almost shoehorned in, in a way. It's like, well, let's get Anakin there and let's have this chase scene that ultimately doesn't really mean anything as we find out at the end. You know, it's almost like they got to the end of the script and they go, this is only 17, 18 minutes. We got a few minutes to kill, so why don't we throw in an action? <laughs> That's just me. That's just how I feel, and I'm sitting there just kind of... Even though I'm secretly enjoying the action, I almost feel it's like... It's not a secret anymore, Robbie. I don't know if you know this, but you are being recorded right now. Oh, no. But no, I, it's one of those things where it, I just kind of feel like... It just feels really inconsequential. And then when you find out that it's... Oh, yeah, you, you did a good job making them feel like they were in danger. Yeah. And, and you're just kind of like, okay... <laughs> you know, I don't know. Sure, sure. I sort of get what you're going from. I just thought it was a fun action scene, but I get what you're saying. It does feel kind of inconsequential. I mean, what was Imbo's job there to chase them out of the lair so that they couldn't use the lair anymore? I mean, right. I mean, obviously, we're going to find out because there's a couple of more episodes that this arc continues into. So we're going to find out what Palpatine's machinations are leading toward. And one other positive thing that that scene gave me is my standout shot of the episode, Robbie, which is when Embo was reporting to Sidious after failing to kill our heroes, we get a shot of our hero's ship flying away above the mountains with the Sidious hologram in the foreground. And we see the mountains basically through the Sidious hologram. And I just really dig that it feels like a juxtaposition of two images of power. One's a super powerful being. The other's a super powerful landscape. But while the landscape is as natural as can be, that super powerful being, Robbie, he's unnatural <laughs> and is also seen via an unnatural image you know a literal hologram you can't get much more unnatural than some sort of hologram which is basically magic i mean i've done a physics degree and studied laser physics i still consider holograms magical but that's my super artsy reason for why that shot is my standout shot of the episode robbie what was your favorite shot of an old friend well although i will say that for some strange reason, I really enjoyed the look of the vault doors and yeah. the way that the doors were designed. That whole vault scene, even there, I mean, I should have made this note earlier, and I shouldn't be interrupting you so rudely, Robbie. It's okay. One day, you know, maybe after our 115th episode, I will get better at not interrupting you, but even the computer screens are gold in that place. Did you notice that? Everything is gold and ostentatious yes. and looks super expensive. Yeah, it's very, very opulent, this place. In fact, I guess the pinnacle of this is the crane shot of Padme walking into that, I don't know what you call that, that uh, the banking clan chamber. chamber looks sure. like another chamber. But it's a crane shot showing the floor, and it's a glass floor, and there's all these gears and moving parts and yeah. stuff at the bottom. But I really like the way that it's a crane shot coming down behind Padme, and then the rest of the room it comes into view. I just really, really like that. And it made me wonder... Are those gears actually doing anything, or is it literally just to sh you know just showing off? Because sure. it felt like one of those designs. Not that I know a bunch of rich people, but it seems like one of those very ostentatious, as you said, opulent kind of displays of wealth. It was just very, very visually striking. So that was my shot of the episode. Yeah, I really like that location. I like the long shots we see of it as well. It's just a cool building, a cool setting. And so before we bring this one for a landing, Robbie. We need to sum up and give our ratings. So after your latest watch of an old friend, how did you like it? And where does an old friend sit on that four-star Robbie scale? Well, I mean, you know, I've kind of given away a lot of spoilers as far as, like, what I think of this episode. 
I just, I feel like the whole thing's just kind of like a, yeah, kind of episode. To me, it doesn't really matter to the bigger story. I mean, it does in a way, but it doesn't feel as urgent. It's not as urgent as some of these other episodes. And it, in a way, it's interesting that they choose to tell this story in what is really, at this point, the final season of the Clone Wars. So it was kind of like, why are we focusing on this when there's probably some more important, more urgent things to get to? But anyway, I'm going to give it a two and a half out of four because I did enjoy some of the snow stuff. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I already gave it away earlier as well when I said that up till that snow chase, it was kind of a skipper for me, which would have been a four. I like that snow chase enough that I actually put it up to a six bounty hunter probe droids out of ten and a six technically means that I will not be skipping it on a rewatch so maybe I just will skip straight to the snow chase scene when I rewatch it (laughs) I don't know but that is mission accomplished for season six episode five an old friend so Robbie won't you please let the troops out there know if they want to tell us that we were way too hard on an old friend what are our communications channels well we are Bucho and Robbie at gmail and on Twitter, and on Instagram. That's B-U-C-H-O-A-N-D-R-O-B-B-Y. Yes, sir. And of course, the troops can join us again next time for the 114th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars Chronology Season 6, Episode 6, The Rise of Sky... I mean, The Rise of Clovis. And until then, this is your old buddy Bucho, alongside your trusty pal Robbie. And we salute Padme's heroic handmaiden, Tekla Mano. And we are out. Remember, you can support Sending the Clothes for free simply by rating and reviewing the show on iTunes or any other podcast platform, and Bucho and Robbie will read the review on a future feedback episode. And speaking of feedback episodes, you can also send either a text or an audio message of 60 seconds or less to Bucho and Robbie at gmail.com. May the banking clan be with you.